you, Lord. Wonderful master. Strong link in the chain of life. <laughs> Glory to his precious holy name. You are our Jehovah. You are our Lord our Savior, and we glory in your presence. God, help us to see you as Jehovah Nisi, our banner and our standard. For without you, we can do nothing. Without you, we are nothing. But because of you, Lord, we live and have our being. So we glory in your presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for one more time. One more time to get it right and give you all the glory and all the praise that you so deserve. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take a little, <laughs> just a little, and he will show up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, we come into thy presence with full hearts to thank thee for thy many mercies. First of all, that thou doest permit us to call thee Father, and that out of thy tender compassion thou art ever ready to receive us in love and to help us to overcome the evil in our natures we thank thee for thy wonderful provision whosoever may come and take of the water of life freely and that the whosoever includes us and that we know that when we approach thee in the spirit of repentance we are not turned away. Oh, Father, may we catch a cleaner vision of what thou art willing to do for us. Grant that we may be ever ready to respond to thy call, to bear thy message to others, and may we be able to bring to someone a definite conception of thee and thy love. May each of us be a willing instrument. May each of us be a willing instrument in thy hands for the advancement of thy kingdom. And we pray thee to grant us an open mind toward the daily opportunities for helping our fellow men. May the love of ourselves be withdrawn from our hearts to be replaced by a full portion of love to thee. May the time soon come when all the world should know, should know thee in the forgiveness of sin. Now, Father, use my tongue, my vocal cords, my mind, my heart, my everything today to speak out the good news of your truth so that conviction will come, freedom, liberation will come, and change will be the ultimate. I thank you, Father that you showed up just to be with us today. Help us to receive you. 
and to receive the mold that you have bringing to each one of us so that we don't miss the opportunity of change, blessing, or revelation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That prayer reminds me that we need to remember it is not about us. And all that we get and receive that should be bringing a transformation in our heart is to be able to let the light of Jesus shine so others will come to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, today on this Sabbath worship day, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the title is Enter in the Rest of God. <laughs> and the supporting scriptures will be out of Hebrew 4, verses 1 through 16. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read the scriptures first, then we'll go back and revisit them in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, in my Bible, the uh, King James Version, it always titles, Labor to Enter into God's Rest, which I really love that title because it's telling us if you're going to labor about anything, labor to enter into the rest of God. Don't labor over anything else but to enter into the rest of God. Amen? Okay, it says, let us therefore fear lest a, pr a promise being left us of, of entering into his rest. In other words, the only time you need to fear is that you can't get into the rest of God. <laughs> Otherwise, there is nothing to fear because everything else is under submission of the feet of God. Okay, I don't think, I don't, I don't think we really believe that. All right. <laughs> There should be no reason for us to fear because in the presence of the Lord, it's fullness of joy. But everything is under his submission. It just doesn't know it, but our faith makes it clear. And so when we rest in him, succumb to his word, Trust in him. He's able to do what we can't do. And that is to subdue the powers that are trying to come against you and come to destroy you. Because the enemy is not here to be your buddy. The enemy don't have a place he can promise to deliver you to that's going to bless you for eternity. It's just the opposite. Amen. But when we get in the bed with what the world is saying and what secular stuff is saying, you're saying, I trust you, Satan, more than I trust God. Verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now I'm going to come back. And my notes is going to explain that scripture further, okay? 
For we which have believed do enter into rest. Ah, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on the wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. On the wise would mean in this way. Let me read it again with that phrase. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day in this way, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remained that some must enter, must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Mm. These were the designated ones. And again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, hearten not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, that's, that's the Messiah, you, you, you Shia, would he not afterward have spoken of another day? <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Oh God, open up the hearts and the spirits so you can see the revelation of the word because there's some powerful stuff in here. There remained therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he have also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Amen. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Yeah, yeah. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Let us be diligent. That's what he means by to labor. Let us be diligent to enter into that rest. Let's any man fall after the same example of unbelief. What unbelief? The unbelief of the Israelites. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. The word of God will divide your soul from your spirit so that you don't fall under the influence of flesh, but follow the spirit and of the joints and the marrow, of your bones and the blood. And since you got a new infusion by the blood of Jesus Christ that can feed your bone to bring it to life, that's why he told Ezekiel, speak to the bones, breathe to the bones, and tell it to live. Stand up. And as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, it can determine your motive and your motivation for why you do what you do. Amen. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight. You can't hide from God. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So it doesn't matter what they think, how they think, or how they perceive stuff concerning our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The fact is he already knows what they're thinking, why they're thinking, the way they're thinking, and it doesn't work. Because they will be judged by all of that. So what you do undercover matters. Pull the covers off. Expose the junk 
so the spirit of the living God can fix it and change it before it's too late. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, hallelujah, that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. What is your profession? What is your profession today? Is Jesus your Lord or are you the Lord? Is Jesus your Lord or is your spouse your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord or is your job your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord or is philosophy your Lord? Hallelujah, Jesus. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Do you hear that? We have not a high priest. A high priest. Remember the priest is the one that goes into the temple. And declare and intercede on our behalf. Whatever is going on with us to the heavenly father. That's what the high priest does. So he says that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He already know what you feel. He already know what you, what's going on in your body. And he says, I am here to be the go-between so that you can be healed. By my stripes, you are healed. By my blood, you are whole. If you can receive it. <laughs> if you can receive it, don't let these illness, don't let these false signs coming from Satan be your banner or crutch to keep you so that you can get pity and arise from another fallen human being. Because that's all it's about. Because, see, you don't need it from God. God said this. Speak it out. And I will be the go-between. And I will tell my heavenly father, remember the blood? Remember the blood? The blood covers it. And because of the blood, you have been made free. You have been made whole. Can you believe it? If you can believe it, then you can receive it. And it says that he was in all points tempted just like as we are, yet without sin. It took somebody to experience the same and every temptation that comes to us to be able to, to overcome it so we will be overcomers. So now we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Remember, you got to testify. Don't wait till you get the praise report. Testify immediately. Don't wait till your eyes can see. Testify immediately. Don't wait till your heart can receive. Testify immediately. Because if you begin to testify in advance, then your eyes can see clearer. Then your heart can embrace the truth. See, if you one of these people that you can't believe it and receive it until you actually see it or has been written down on the report to tell you, that's why you can't get healed. He says to the woman, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. What is he saying? You believe me, trust me, even though you couldn't touch me or see me. And because you believe, 
I healed you. And I didn't just heal you. I delivered you. I made you whole. So that thing can't even come back on you. So let us therefore come boldly. Hallelujah, Jesus. That means confidentially, not like the confidence is in here. Boldly. God, I believe it. I receive it. And I'm going to walk like it has already happened in the name of Jesus. Unto the throne of grace. The throne of grace. Glory. Grace is a throne. Glory. Take them other stones off the altar and put grace there. Take that other stuff off the altar. The poor me's, the whatever you got going on. Take those altars off the throne and let grace reside there. That is your way out. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. I don't even have to do my notes. Jesus has already done it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. We're going to go back to one. And then when it talks about rest. See, I, 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 I really love this because God gave me the revelation in my infancy of being newborn. Glory. We worship the wrong kinds of things. Traditions and, and all of that kind of stuff. And miss God. While we're bickering among ourselves, the, the, the body of Christ, about what we should or should not be doing. When we should or should not be worshiping. And how we should or should not be worshiping. And miss the whole point. Amen. See, we've taken Jesus off the throne and put denomination on the throne. We've taken Jesus off the throne and put the fivefold ministry on the throne. We've taken Jesus off the throne and put buildings on the throne. That's why we're suffering and can't get healed. So we, we, we're going to tear down those strongholds Amen. and put Jesus back on the throne. Amen. Now, the word rest in Greek means to abode, to settle down, to desist, and cease. <laughs> Do y'all hear that? <laughs> you haven't heard it. I will. I will. God, I got this pain. But I'm abiding in you as you abide in me. Yes. Now, let me tell you, some stuff I'll be talking about is from experience, not just what I have just written the word. Amen. Okay? Yep. I'm, when I say written, the revelation of the Lord, get me out of the word. Oh, my God, it's so good. He done so much for me when in the infancy of my, my new birth is unreal. I can remember... Uh, bathing and I felt a knot right in the, you know, like the, 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 not really the groaning, but it was right below the stomach, right before the pelvic area. And I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus, I have cancer? 
because I had already been diagnosed with a lymph node somewhere else, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, if they more come, you know, you think the worst. And so while I'm there, and I, so the next thing I began to do was pray and praise the Lord. <laughs> now, let me tell you, this is not for religious pur purposes, because since he graced me with enough sense to start praying and praising him rather than meditating on that first negative thought, it allowed me to be at a peace that I could hear what he told me to say. And what he told me to say was my healing. So what he told me to say came out of John 15. Lord, I abide in you as you abide in me. My hand is at the spot. The thing disappeared just like that. Just like that, okay? My friend, some of you all know Dee, was coming to pick me up because we were going to go to uh, uh, some kind of a church service or something. And when I went to open the door for her, she said, you've been with God this morning. Because she could see the glory of God over me where he had just healed me. I mean, I'm, I'm by myself. And I just quoted the word, and he healed me on the spot. So you know the rest of my getting ready was shouting, praising, and worshiping him. And so she saw the glory of God over me when I opened the door. So when I gave you the definition, settle down. <laughs> Abode. Desist. Cease. It works. That's the Greek understanding for resting. Amen. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 2, he says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. Them are the Israelites. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. They didn't have enough faith to receive it. So, in, 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 my, in my Jewish Bible, I discovered, you know, what they didn't believe was, they says, the good news the Israelites heard was the promise of entering to God's rest in the promised land. So God promised them that he was going to deliver them from Egypt and take them to the promised land. Um, all right. So they're expecting to go to the promised land, just like how we think today, too. OK, they were expecting to go to the promised land and dwell and everything is just going to be fine. And it's going to be uh, what did he say? Uh, the land of honey. Milk and honey, so everything was going to be smooth and sweet. <laughs> okay. He promised that he was going to give them rest in the land. <laughs> That's the milk and the honey. That you can rest in the midst of your enemy. That he was going to prepare a table in the presence of the enemy, but he was anointing their head with awe. Because when God promised you something that you will be able to take hold and claim, he's not going to put you in the perfect little place that it didn't take you no faith to get there. He says, but when you get there, you got to clean the place out. Get rid of the enemy. Get rid of those people and let them know who the Savior is. They had to go to a new land, but that land was not free from the enemy. It's just that the enemy didn't have them in captivity like they were in Egypt. But if they follow the, 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 uh, the standard of that land that the enemy had set, 
if they come into the land that God said to go and follow the standard of the enemy that was occupying the land then, well, now you've been captured. You're under their influence. But he said, I want you to go to that land, and I want you to change that standard. And I want you to set a new standard, and that's where your peace is going to be, because you'll be able to rest because my presence will be there. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. Stop waiting for God to just make everything perfect. That's the problem. If he was going to make everything perfect for us, we wouldn't have to have faith. And guess what? That messed up when Adam and Eve sinned. That was the end of everything just being perfect, and you don't have to stand, believe, and work for it. So their good news they heard was, go to the promised land, and I'm going to give you rest. The good news he proclaimed to us is that we enter the rest that comes from knowing that our sins are forgiven his, and that his mercies are new every morning. And we can get new chances of getting right each day we breathe. Because you missed it yesterday, is not affecting today. You woke up to new mercies today. And so it's time for you to take advantage of what he's offering you today so that you can be free from yesterday and be prepared for tomorrow. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. We have a, a forgiving God. And every day, he said, I will forgive you if you confess your sins to me. I am faithful and just to forgive you all of your sins. So our rest is having faith in God and trust in God. Then you are in rest. Amen. Now, okay, okay, God, I'll, I'll, I'll go on and read this information. Out of, out of my, my, my uh, Jewish commentary. Glory. He, he says, the rest we are to enter in, enter is nothing less than the rest which God had been enjoying since the founding of the universe, even though he continues working. So, okay, so what did that mean? God created the, God created the world. All creation he did in six days. On the seventh day, he rested because he was done. Not because it was Sunday. <laughs> Glory! See, you ain't got to fret and worry about what day you decide to come out and do a physical worship. Because <laughs> you've been worshiping all alone. Amen? And so God could rest because everything he had done was completed. And then he handed it over to man. And he says, take dominion over it. But the only way that you can rule and control it is that you're resting in God. So that you can hear God direct your steps, order your steps, amen, and tell you how to handle and what to do. And you don't have to fret over things because anything that becomes way too much than you can, can perceive, then you, all you do is you go to God and say, God, I need you. I don't understand. I need you. I'm not, I'm not shrieking back. I'm not turning around. I'm going to keep on pushing. But I need your guidance. 
I need you to lead me. I need you to help me to rise up and overcome what I don't understand. Because I know you have already completed it. You have already done it. What you have already completed is six days. On the seventh day, you gave me the authority over it. Hallelujah, Jesus. And all I'm asking, Father, that you encourage me, lift me up. So I can know that I'm walking in you, in you, in you, where my strength and my joy is. Otherwise, I can't do it. But because I'm in you, glory, and you are in me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing can overtake me. Nothing can overpower me. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sickness can't keep me down. Glory, hallelujah. Disease can't keep me down. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am an overcomer. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's how we got to look at it. Are you a child of God? Are you a stepchild? God didn't raise no bastards. When you got born again, you became his child. You left the point of just being one of his creations. You are now a child. And he don't have no stepchildren, no illegal children. That's what I mean by that word. Get over your religious attitude. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, there is a Sabbath coming. Oh, glory. And then when that Sabbath comes, we will be able to cease from all of our works and trembling. Hallelujah. We will be able to cease from fear, worry, depression. We will be able to cease from everything. Because that Sabbath day when it comes is called eternity with God in heaven. That's the Sabbath that we are looking for and preparing for. Not one day out of the week that we come into a building. But the day that we will spend eternity with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Just resting in him. Free from everything. Hallelujah Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, where, where you will be praising, worshiping. Whoo, glory, Jesus. So in order to get to that place, on this side of heaven, labor to enter into his rest. <laughs> labor to enter into his rest. On this side, you want to get over there? Labor to enter into his rest. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Mm. Glory, 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 glory. Our labor is to enter into Christ every moment to, and, 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 and to set aside um, a day to worship him with songs, psalms and song, fellowship and praise. Let me tell you. Every day of your life is a Sabbath. Amen. You choose one particular day to come out 
to fellowship yes. with other believers in a location yeah. with the songs, with the song, yes. with outward expression of worship yes. and praise. Yes. Yes. But every day is Sabbath. Yes. Amen. Amen. Just like I said, God only rested on that seventh day because he was done. It had nothing to do with the name of the day. And, and furthermore, when we get to heaven, you're going to find out what the days really mean. Because even back in that time, the Jewish calendar is totally different from our calendar. And their time is totally different, okay? And so we don't even have a clue about what day it is. We won't know until we get to heaven. We call it Saturday. We don't know what day it is. We don't know nothing. And we shouldn't know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. Amen. Amen. That's going to get us where we need to be Amen. so we'll know everything. Amen. <laughs> Amen. For believers, today our work will not be complete until Jesus' return due to the fall in the garden. So that means, you, you see, we don't set aside a day that we don't do anything but sit around. Because even those who say that that's what their practice is, like from sundown last night to uh, sundown today, you know those believers? Y'all know the group, right? Okay. Don't cook, don't do nothing. And they think they're doing a big deal. But, you know, that's an offer of worship unto the Lord. I mean, when I say don't do anything, so if somebody came by your house and was in a need while you're in your worship, are you going to let them in and feed them? If they, someone called you and said they need you to come because they were sick and they need you to come and pray, maybe just pray over the phone. Oh, no, this is the Sabbath. I don't do anything on the Sabbath. And so you're doing nothing as worshiping God? No, baby. <laughs> Glory, glory, glory. Working, helping, doing things that shines the light of Jesus Christ and the hearts and minds of other people is what we do and we're in rest. Yes. And we are in rest yes. Yes. when we do that. We represent who we say we are called by when we are doing the work of the ministry. And it doesn't stop until Jesus comes to get us. That's our purpose. That's what praise is all about. Praise is not what you think praise is. Praise is not, oh, that is an expression of what's supposed to be in your heart. That's why I'm baffled when we're in praise and worship and people sit like a lark. Praise is doing what you were born to do for God being busy serving God through his people in this land. That's praise. Praise is operating according to the will of God for your life. And when you come into a tabernacle that's called as the Lord's place, 
then you can do an outward expression of what you've been doing inwardly and you believe inwardly. That's why it's so hard for some people to express because you haven't been doing anything. You can only express what you've been doing and what you are accustomed to doing within. Amen? Amen. And some people haven't been doing anything that is called by his name because you have let Satan bind you up. <coughs> Tie up your tongue. Shut up your ears. Close up your eyes. Fold up your hands and cross your legs. <coughs> if that's what's going on, that's the work of Satan. Don't be deceived. And, and, and please don't get offended. What you mean? I'm born again. So, who you think he gonna work on? He don't need to work on the people that belong to him. Amen. They're following suit. Yeah. That he comes to work on us. He comes to try to overtake us and pull us back. Don't think because you are born again, spirit-filled, tongue-speaking person that everything come out of your mouth is right. Yeah. Or line up with God's purposes and precepts. No, the enemy will use you and he use you by, with good stuff. Not the obvious that you just know, not, oh, no, 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 no. No, he is a deceiver. So he's going to use good stuff and deceive you thinking you're right and what you're doing is good. So he can destroy you because as long as he keeps you deceived, you're going down the road of destruction. And the sad part about it, you won't recognize it until it's completely destroyed. Do you understand? That's why we have to be, 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 be careful in the things that we're doing as we're supposed to be walking in the spirit of the Lord, seeking God. And, 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 and don't think that every first thing that come up in your mind, it came from the Holy Spirit. If that was the case, he never would have written in 1 John, I believe it is, try the spirits with the spirit. You can try it to make sure that you are actually hearing from God and not you yourself or Satan. Because sometimes when we're so sure and positive about ourselves, we talk ourselves, as my mother said, we believe, tell a lie or believe, what did she say, how did she used to say that it can be, believe, believe a lie some way she had it. Anyway, you can believe the biggest lie that you've told. But she had it cleverly said, though, but, but that's what it means. You will end up believing the lies you're telling to yourself. Because why? It makes you feel like you're right and it's okay and, 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 and it's working on the brokenness that's in you that you don't even know that's broken in you. But guess what? Because you don't know it's broken in you, the Lord allow you to go on and speak that stuff out so it can be pointed out so that you can come to know you are broken in that area and you need to be free and confess, forgive, and, and grow. Amen. And not be offended. Yes. Blessed is he that is not offended in Jesus. Yes. And that's what he said to John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who was his forerunner, who was spirit-led, 
who made sacrifices in the wilderness, preparing. But he had to send him a warning message. John, blessed is he who's not offended in me. Amen. Come on now. Amen. Your true worship is to be humble enough to say, you know what, I was wrong. Yep. I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. Yep. But that pride, because you are a Christian, and you speak in tongues that you can't be wrong, don't let those lies deceive you to hell. Amen? Amen? There is much work for Christ, and the work is done perfectly when we begin to trust God and walk in faith. Trust God and walk in faith. Now, let me just say this. For some of us, based on our age, We've been walking in some, help me say it in a nice way, Lord, and, and some dysfunctional ways for a long time. So they are so attached that you have no clue. And no one in the time past has said anything to you about these ways because you were dealing with more broken people who wouldn't recognize wrong when they saw it. Amen. And especially in this day where people are calling wrong right and right wrong, okay? But you gave your life to the Lord. And at some points on different levels and scales, based on how you've been communing with him, he begins to do a new work in you. Now, sometimes we pray some things out of ritual or somebody told us and we don't really understand what we're saying. And in some of those prayers, you've actually asked God to come and do some stuff in you and didn't know it. <laughs> Glory! And so he has started to do the work in you. But you don't like it because I've been doing this for da 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 years, okay? And I don't need you all right, all right. to tell me. All right. I know me. Well, you probably do know that old you, but you took on a new person. And you invited him in at some point to bring some changes that you didn't even know you needed. So now he's pointing it out through somebody else. Because why? He wants you to awaken to the work he's ready to begin in you to bring a change. Amen? Amen. Go over to Galatians 5. Hallelujah, Jesus. Um, okay, we're going to begin at verse 16 and talk about the works of the flesh so y'all can stop blaming Satan for every little thing that goes on. <laughs> This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now there's a verse in Romans says, now, now there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Most people stop right there. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Keep on going. Who walk not after the flesh, but in the spirit. So if you're walking in the flesh, born again, 
when correction comes, you're going to feel condemnation. But if you walk in striving after the spirit, when correction comes, you're going to feel conviction. And conviction brings a change. It, conviction brings repentance. And there's a great difference between confession and repentance. Confession is where you verbally speak out the problem. Repentance is when you turn from the problem to God. Amen. So he says, for the flesh, listen, the flesh lusted against the spirit. That means there's a battle going on. And the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. You know how your soul tells you to do one thing, but your heart is saying, mm, no, you know, you can't do that. Okay, that's, that's that battle. So you don't, if you want your heart to win, you got to not be so foolish. Not always got to feel good. Okay, because you see, when you're trying to appease your flesh, then the spirit is going to lose that battle. Okay? He says, but if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Because, see, Jesus came with grace to, to deliver us from the law, but he, he didn't abolish the law. He's going to be fulfilled by the love that we walk in. He, that, that law is being fulfilled in our hearts, but you're not condemned by the law anymore because you are under grace. Unless you choose to live in the flesh, like some of them people who worship on certain days for Wrong reasons. Okay. All right. Now, 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, are manifest, which are these. Satan didn't make you do it. Amen. <laughs> Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Y'all got that? All right. And don't ever forget it. <laughs> the ministry know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lasciviousness, this is uh, sexual unbecoming behavior. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance. Variance is coming against uh, 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 authority, being disagreeable. Emulations, trying to um, um, imitate, thank you, that was the word I was looking for. Imitating other people, you know, like um, especially, especially these TV um, ministers and stuff. A lot of people try to imitate them to the point they, you know, speak like them, say those same things. You don't even know if they're doctrinally correct because you don't study the word after you hear it to see if they were right on. Okay, but whether they're right or not, you don't emulate other people. God created us divinely, individually, fearfully, and wonderfully made, and he made you distinct to do a particular thing that even no one else can do it. We may be having the same gifting, but we do it differently. Okay. Um, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Joy, peace, righteousness, and the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean you're not going to go to heaven. It means 
that you're going to have hell here on earth. <laughs> when God said, I delivered you from that. He wants us to be, have joy, have peace, and live in a righteous way. Now, if you don't ever wake up and get the clue, you may not make it to heaven. Okay? Now, those are the sins that your flesh and your messed up emotions cause you to do. Now, we're going to talk about what happens when you have the fruit of the Spirit. Wake up in the name of Jesus. Amen. But the fruit, the fruit, not the fruits. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is, it begins with love. We love Jesus because he first loved us. Amen. Not because of what he does for us or what he can do for us, but because he loves us, we love him. Amen. Joy, peace. Long-suffering, which is another word for patience. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance means having control where you're even and you're not up and down like a seesaw. Against such, there is no law. You don't have to worry about the law. The law is automatically being kept and governed because you're operating in the fruit of the spirit. Amen. So that's what happens when... You get born again, and Jesus comes into your heart. You humble yourself, and you pray, saying, deliver me from me, because that's what you need to do. Don't think because once you prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart that you're pure and holy. Amen. You need to seek him for all of them underlining sins, okay? And he began to deliver you and, and, and free you from him. And what he does, he does one thing at a time, and then he add his fruit. Amen. He replace it with the opposite fruit. And it takes time, and it's painful. It's very painful when he begins to strip one thing at a time. It hurts. And you think because it's hurting, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> Satan don't have nothing, and he's laughing, thinking, I ain't messing with you. <laughs> he don't have nothing to do with that. He wish he could. Okay. He says, let me finish reading uh, this. 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. And they that are, are Christ have crucified the flesh. He's asking us to crucify the flesh with the affections of lust. In the spirit, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So if the spirit is living in you, you claim it to live in the spirit, walk accordingly. Amen. Let us not be de desirous of vain glory. And that's what these spiritual gifts will have you in place. Thinking you, you, you deserve some glory. God gives us glory because of his grace and his mercy. But we don't deserve nothing. And we certainly don't deserve glory. Amen. So let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another envying one another because when you are operating in that area of desiring vainglory you are provoking your other sisters and brothers in Christ okay and that envy also cause a provoking and then you start operating in additional sins than the ones you were already possessing in your inner man and that you need to be free from Okay, we'll go back to Hebrews 4. 
Works are. Works. See, when we are busy doing works, works are focusing on the lies that Satan put in our minds, and we begin to speak out of our hearts those lies, thereby we walk it out. He says, enter into my rest, not to work. I'm gonna give you what the works are. I'll do it all over again, I'm gonna start over again. I'm gonna tell you what the works are. Because the work of the ministry is resting in God. When, when I get up at 4.30 on Friday morning to be here, I have more energy that day than any other day. And I don't go to bed or go to sleep until I get ready to go to bed at night at my normal time. I wake up most mornings extremely early to go and pray, okay? God gives me rest. So what I'm saying is, his word don't lie. I know we think we're missing something. I didn't sleep much tonight. Okay, well, first of all, ask God why. Because maybe you didn't sleep good because he wanted you to get up and go to your prayer closet and seek him. Because it's in those positions that he reveals to you you. It's not always that he wants you to intercede. He want to do a work. I know. I've been awakened too many times and to go out into another room uh, to cry and be on my face because he's showing me some stuff. Okay? Now there are times he wakes us up at those hours because he needs us to pray on behalf of something or someone that's going on at the time. When you do that, he will restore your rest, and it'd be greater than if you had eight hours sleep, okay? Or he may be wanting to tell you, stop eating all that food before you lay down. Or certain things that you're eating that's not digesting. And let me tell you, the older, when you become a senior citizen, your digestive system does not work like it used to work. And you, you, you overworking it, and it's killing it. And then you're all worried and upset about this pain and this discomfort and all of that and going to the doctor and he prescribing all kinds of medication that all you need to do is fast and pray and stop. Stop doing and eating those things that's causing the problem so he can restore you. He will restore our health like the noonday. That's in Isaiah, in case y'all wondering, that talks about fasting. This chapter that talks about fasting. He said, I will restore it just by obeying and listening. It ain't time to check out. And sickness and disease is not the sister to old age. I get sick and tired of hearing people say, well, you know I'm getting old, or you know this comes with old age. Losing your sight, losing your teeth, having heart problems, being diabetic, high blood pressure, and all has nothing to do with age. The only reason why it shows up at that age, because you spent a long term doing it, and now here it is. That's what all of us, no one is exempt. Do you understand what I'm saying? So 
So that means that should be good news to your ears because that means take it to the Lord in prayer. So he can restore, renew your mind, encourage you, and equip you to do some things different than what you've been doing. So he can restore to you what the kinkum worm, what the locusts have stolen from you. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We're in that season. God, forgive me. I know I've been eating wrong. I know I have indulged wrong. I have put the wrong things in. And I have let the spirit of greed overpower me. I know I shouldn't have been drinking. I know I need to stop smoking. I know I need to leave drugs alone. I know I need to go to bed at a certain time where they're hanging up all night, whether you're partying, watching TV, or on technology, whatever the case is. But give me, God, and restore me and renew in me a right mind. So that I can serve you. I want it so I can serve you. And hear from you. I want to hear from you. But I can't hear from you. Because all of this stuff has got me cluttered up. And built up and filled up. And I can't hear clear. So works are. Focusing on the lies. That Satan puts. In our minds. And we begin to speak out those lies from our hearts because we have embraced it. And thereby we walk it out and work it out. Negativity, believing, I'm telling you all the things that works are. Believing the worst first, which causes us to fret and be anxious. When Philippians 4 says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, and all things by prayer and supplication, make your request known unto me. He says, I will give you peace. I will give you rest. So when you feel stuff, begin to pray and give it to God in prayer. He will give you peace, but not only will he give you peace, he'll give you a new direction. He'll give you instructions to bring the change. Y'all just don't believe God can do anything but, but take you to heaven if you, when you die. Salvation on, is on this side. Heaven is the bonus. So let's live and receive all that he has for us on this side. The other works are walking in an old dead nature. Rather than the new nature that came with our new birth from the blood of Jesus on Calvary's cross. Walking in the old, same old stuff. You know what? Your conversation is supposed to change. This, is, this old gospel song says that I don't walk the way I used to. I got a new walk. A new talk. Okay, now that's what we need to, this is what you're supposed to have. How are you going to have a new, a new heart and still do the same old stuff? Amen. Still think the same old way, still talk the same old way, still walk the same old way. When Jesus gave you a new heart, how dare you to mix that newness with that old? Come on. You need to ask God, help me to release this stuff and turn it loose. Because see, it, it takes a lot to release what we've been practicing for so many years. 
but he gave you a new heart when he came into you and saved you. Now I ask him to help your mind to be renewed in him so that what you speak will be right and glorify him. What you think will be right. What you do will be right. Where you go will be right. I want a newness. I don't want to be the way I used to be because it didn't work then and it certainly ain't going to work now. If it was working so good for you then, then why do you have the issues that you have today? Come on. I know I thought I had it going on, but I realized I have nothing going on. It just appeared from the hour that it was going on, but the inside was dying day by day. Now, hallelujah, it's being renewed day by day. Hallelujah, Jesus. Don't you want to be renewed day by day? Release the old. Let it go. It's not worth it. Pity ain't worth it. Feeling sorry for yourself, it ain't worth it. Having a crutch, I don't want a crutch. I want to walk this walk. In other words, works are being born again, saved, but living and thinking like like the old nature that you were delivered from. Okay? So, born again, I got everything new. Because I've been delivered from the old. I've become a new creation in Christ. All old things pass away. Amen? Okay, I'm going to, this last few I'm going to talk about. The Sabbath isn't about rituals, traditions, customs, or rules and any other thing you want to add to that list. But it is a loving devotion to set our lives apart from the flesh to live in the spirit. Do you understand that? That's what Sabbath worship is all about. This is just an outward expression of what you believe and feel inwardly. God's grace should be operating in our lives like medication that you are on daily or vitamins. Daily renewing, daily increasing, daily restoring, okay? For faith is believing on for more than monetary gain, outward signs and blessings. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else you need will be added unto you and it will be added unto you greater than what you can manifest. Okay? Also, the Bible says so you don't have to be looking for if, 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 if God is real and he do what he says and you get a new car, a new person comes in your life or a new house and all of that mess. Let me tell you, the Bible says these signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. What are the signs and the wonders? It's doing the work of ministry where people's lives have changed, healing is going forth, blind can see, the lame can walk, and all of that. These signs and wonders shall follow the believer because they're for unbelievers. They're not for believers. They're for unbelievers. They're to follow us. Why did God have to do these things that make you become a believer? When they, when they should be following you to help other people and we should be walking in them. 
Oh, glory, 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 glory. Faith is believing, trusting, and leaning into God for him, into God for him to change our character, to reveal our broken inner man to us, to expose the strongholds over our minds and our souls, to strip away the present character flaws, to be transformed into Jesus Christ, which is found in Galatians 5. 16, when we talk about the fruit of the spirit, transformation cannot happen in us when we are in denial of our brokenness. And when we're blind to the need for a change. The Bible was written to transform us into the creation we inherit through Christ. Turn to, <laughs> turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. All scripture, not some, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, that means mature, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, it says, not some, but all of the scripture was given. And it's for our doctrine. Our doctrine about our faith comes from the Bible, not man's opinion. Now, if any of you ever go online and read our, our mission and vision statement, it's is, is uh, strictly biblical. It's not some, like I got this vision of doing some stuff. It's all biblical, okay? And as far as, as the visions I have that comes up under, um, under the biblical constraints, actually, I, won't, I can't say the visions I have because the Lord gave them to me, actually. He gave it to me, and, and then I had a meeting and let everybody know what God had given me as the different ministries and committees that we formed in the church. So they actually came from God, but they are biblical, okay? So, and, and, and it's, it's good for reproof. So it, it proves out our faith, our Christianity, because our faith, who we believe in, there's no beginning and there's no end. And all of the history prophesies to what the future is gonna be. Ain't that good news? Okay. It's also for correction. And we don't want to look at it for correction. <laughs> and let me tell you, the Holy Spirit comes to fulfill what God is telling him. And that's some other program. So y'all start lying on the Holy Spirit <laughs> with your ideas and plans. Okay. <laughs> and for instructions. It gives us a sense of direction because the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide us and comfort us. But it has to line up with his word. See, we, the body of Christ, have taken the Holy Spirit to a whole different other kind of level. Okay? Where we just, you know, we think we're flowing in the Holy Spirit. But if it don't line up with this, yeah, you're flowing in the Spirit and he's holy. Because the Holy Spirit don't do nothing that God doesn't tell him to do. Just like Jesus. And God don't speak nothing that doesn't line up with his word. 
Amen. You will be able to prove it and reprove it from his word. And he will also send you some confirmation. Amen. Relationship without daily and constant communication will not develop intimacy. And the way we have, have intimacy with God is to be in his word. So without fellowship in God's word and the work of the Holy Spirit, who should be dwelling in us, we cannot, shall not grow up in Christ. You are just existing. You are not growing. Amen? Amen. Nor can you recognize his grace operating in us and over us. When his grace operate in us and over us, then it allow us to see his character through the operation of his name. Okay? Because his grace comes to do a work. And when it does the work, it defines one of his names. You hear us calling out all these different names. It will define his name, which is defining his work in us. Okay? And that's how you learn and grow in him. Because he does something in you that manifests one of his names. And you learn a different character trait concerning him. Amen? And that's how we grow in him and come into an intimate relationship with him. But now if you're not communing with him in his word, I'm not just sitting up talking no talking about talking a talk. Because without his word, you better be careful about all that conversation because you don't know who you're talking to. You gotta be in his word. And then talk. Be in prayer. Then talk. And so you'll know that you know that you know that you're hearing from heaven. And not from that other heaven. There's three heavens. I only want to hear from the top heaven. Not from this heaven or the heaven that Satan is residing in. Amen? Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm done. I don't know how to end on something sweet, but (laughs) the fact is that you can rest in God. And, 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 and it, it, you don't have to go through no initiation or pay yes. no dues or any of that. Yes. Just become a God seeker yes. and get in his word yes. and yes. he will give you rest. That's, that's his promise. In yes. Psalms 103, he says he revealed his word to Moses. That means he will reveal his word to us. Yes. Mos- Moses was no special privileged character. It just represent covenant person. <laughs> And so those are the promises that he's offering to us that he will give us if we really want to know. And that's what we really need to do before we first go off on a tangent and believe every little thing that we hear, especially over media. Stop listening to that stuff and believe in everything. When Ebony and I were coming in and we were talking about the, uh, uh, um, is it the Olympics? And, and, and the thing with, um, What's her name, Anna? Salona, yes. Because sports is such a competition that it creates problems with people because the cost of the competition, but it also will cause people to lose their self-esteem 
and, and come down because they put the bar so high, make you force you to excel above your capabilities and you begin to feel less than if you can't equal up or supersede what you last done. Okay? When people are making, making marks and, 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 and making history with some of the things that they're doing, but they have pit other people. So as long as she was out in the forefront, you, you know, they blew her up. Now this other young lady, and they're doing that. But what I realized that she is a, a, a Christian, and, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and I believe that she's using the wisdom of God as to what she needs to do. But because she stepped down, now the media, only the media, because when they interviewed some of her teammates and those officials and all of them people in the sports thing, they have very good positive things. But the media is, is raking her over the coals. And we're sitting there listening to that mess and declaring, oh, there's something wrong with her mind. Well, yeah, because it don't fit the world's mind. Praise the Lord, I'm glad she's out of her mind. Because now she's operating in the mind of Christ. Hallelujah, which is how she was raised. And so Ebony was telling me, that, that she was listening, watching a documentary that talked about the life of her and, um, and the first child, first black lady, uh, and, uh, and um, Gabby, yes, who made a mark for, for, you know, our black women in sports and stuff. And it was really, really good. <clears throat> so she had to tell you about how to get that because I don't know nothing about that. But we were just talking and I was just saying how you have to trust God because, see, as long as you're soaring and doing well, the people are pleased with you. But at the moment you stop, they throw you out. And let's go to the next person. But as believers, we can't do that. Amen. We lift people up and keep them encouraged. And she came from Christian grandparents who actually adopted her and raised her. So... She's a strong, young black woman. In my opinion, she's exceptional. Whether she does uh, uh, any more uh, sports in life again, it doesn't matter. I just pray that she continue her walk and be the godly example among other young women, no matter what their race is, but especially to help our young black women to know that you can be all that God intends for you to be, and your confidence in you comes through God, not you, not how you look, not how you built, not any of those things. Those are things that's gonna die, but it's going to rot and gonna decay, and it's gonna, you're gonna lose it. But what's in here in your heart is everlasting, and that determines your character. That determines how far you can go, and when you get there, how long you can stay there in the name of Jesus. Okay, uh, well, okay, I'll do the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you, upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Traveling mercies for you as you leave. And ladies, I look forward to when we are all gonna get together. Praise the Lord. And when you leave here, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.